Greetings and salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. Time for another glorious edition of the Man in the Arena podcast. It is a super edition of the show because we get to talk about the Super Bowl. And of course, as we round out this insane football season that we have had both in the NFL and in college, I get to bring in my good pigskin pal again, Mr. Trey Pack. Trey, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, buddy. What a year. What a year it's been, man. No kidding. Uh, it's, it's been – I feel like every week during co- the college season, I was like, this is just this the weirdest time to be alive, and it's just getting stranger by the day, man. But happy to be here, happy to to, to be celebrating. I feel like it, it's – I feel like the Super Bowl weekend is – it's like our Christmas, man. You know, yep. I'm not the biggest NFL fan, but it's – it's a time that because people watch the national championship, but we get to watch the world enjoy the thing that we enjoy every day. Or yeah, every day. get to talk about all the time. It's great. It's been yeah a strange ass year to say the least. But at least this week we don't have any Tennessee football news to like interrupt talking about the Super Bowl. So that's a good thing. We're off to a good start. Yeah, I've just been watching hypo clips, uh, and I'm just getting more. It's it's just like with any year. I mean, it, usually around this time, I'm like, yeah, man, we're just gonna be mediocre again next year. But now I'm. It's starting to ramp up. It's almost spring, dude. It's almost orange and white game that will actually hopefully happen this year. Yeah, we, they might be able to do that, which is pretty good. So I'm feeling I'm feeling good about that. Uh, but, of course, we do have the Super Bowl. It's the 55th iteration of the Super Bowl. Um, so it, it, it's really interesting because I always – I have fleeting memories. This is, again, me as a young Niners fan back in the day. The first memories I have of a Super Bowl was Super Bowl twenty three. So if I'm going to have one, be a good one with Joe Montana marching down the field and scoring to John Taylor with, like, 16 seconds left to beat the Bengals in Super Bowl twenty three. Yeah, man, I, I definitely have great Super Bowl memories, but I grew up in Harriman, and I just remember the Super Bowl having a bunch of X's and V's and I's and L's and weird stuff, and just nobody ever explained it. So I never – I grew up not knowing Super Bowls had numbers. I was like, oh, it's just this year's Super Bowl, I guess. Yeah, just do it. You got to – that's how I learned all the Roman numerals back as a kid because they obviously didn't teach that in school. So Yeah, and say, dude, I just – yeah, I would just look at it and be like, oh, this is Super Bowl – Weird letters, got it. Say less. Yep. Pretty much. But, again, we'll, we'll talk about the matchup. We've got, of course, plenty of really stupid, stupid bets to make some money on, hopefully. Uh, that's all coming up at the end of the show where we make our picks and bet on some of these dumb things that we always seem to do. Uh, but, of course, let's talk about the matchup. Of course, the big thing is going to be the fact that we've got Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going for his seventh Super Bowl championship by far more than anybody else. He's already got more with six. But then you've also got, of course, Patrick Mahomes, as people keep calling him the baby goat, which is not good because they did that with Russell Wilson, and then he threw that interception on the one-yard line against Tom Brady and the Patriots some Super Bowls ago. But he's going for back-to-back. No one has gone back-to-back in a Super Bowl since the Patriots did it in Super Bowls 38 and 39. So when you're looking at these matchups, what are you thinking going into it to start with? Man, I think that uh, the the tail of the tape for this game is going to be how each defense plays. I mean, you literally do have uh, arguably – anywhere outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, the greatest quarterback to ever do it um, versus, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback in the league right now. So, uh, that, you know, there is no there is no hitman heart. There is no best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Um, but Tom Brady has two of those three. It's just Mahomes is, is just the young gun. I think it's going to come down to defense on it. Um, I, we'll do our picks and stuff at the end. Um, yep. But I think whichever defense steps up uh, is going to win this game. Yeah, and that's going to be your big thing because both teams, one of the things you also look at, and again, that's where you kind of make some of these ideas and where you're going to pick, is because the Chiefs, for the most part, have been here before. They were here last year, came back against my 49ers, which again, was infuriating, and got this game, whereas 
most of the Buccaneers, besides, of course, Tom Brady and, and Gronk, haven't really been here in this capacity. So that's going to kind of weigh in on it. I mean, both teams, you look at the yards allowed, they're both, you know, at about 360 yards allowed per game, both in the mid-20s when you talk about points allowed per game. So, yeah, it's going to be defense. It's going to be turnovers. What are you able to do to get there? But it's I'm looking at it just to be a great, great Super Bowl. Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. And what a what an opportunity for a lot of these Bucks guys. I'm sure you saw the video of Mike Evans. They uh, one of the the uh, one of the managers on the team had to grab him. He said, "Hey, Mike, we've got the the uh, this this the trophy you know ceremony." Yeah. He's like, "Oh, he's like, I'm sorry, man. He's like, I've never done this before." <laughs> I uh, love that. Or, he's, he's never been there. I get it, man. But that's the, I think that's a, an excellent point that you're making is that the they they say there's so many sports psychologists and whatever will come out and say, man, you just got to play it like it's any other game. But it is the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just you've been thinking about this your whole life. There's got to be a little bit of that jitter that uh, you know Mahomes and them just they pretty much have the same team they had last year. Yeah, and that's the big thing when you look at it. I think sometimes, too, you look at – because both guys are going to be able to throw the ball. I think some of the rushing attack is going to be really interesting to see, you know, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who just, you know, he's been just amazing. He was amazing at LSU. And what a run he had because he didn't play on this team last year because he was a ro- he's a rookie, but he won the championship with LSU. I mean, how many rookies go from winning a national championship? I'm sure there's a statistic that I have to look up you know, win the national championship and then get drafted and then play for a Super Bowl and win it like that. Uh, but he's, um, it's yeah. next level, man. I mean, it's, it's, and then it even it's really weird because I feel like so many guys that are on those, those big national championship winning teams uh, go earlier in the draft to worse teams. And, and, you know, Edwards Lair lucked out and got on not only a super, not only a really great team, but a very pass-heavy team that helps him out tremendously. It really, they're, they're definitely a pass to set up the run style offense. Yeah, the Super Bowl is always great, and it's also great because you have so many people, not only in in the United States but around the world, who watch this one game every year. I mean, you get so many Super Bowl parties that happen now. Of course, again, things are a little different with covid you have people uh you know saying you know probably best not to have a big gathering you would think everybody would have learned their lesson from christmas and thanksgiving but we'll see how that goes um so but again it's fun even my wife mrs shibbles who of course will watch a lot of the tennessee stuff with me but the super bowl is just something different it's all the commercials it's the halftime show with the weekend which i think is going to be an awesome performance so you just have all this stuff. It's America at its finest when it comes to sports, I think. Yeah, 100%, man. I definitely think it's one of those super – like I was kind of you know saying earlier, man, It's we. I feel like me and you enjoy football year-round. No matter what, it's on our minds going. And it's really great to see that thing that we love so much get appreciated um, on, a, on a worldwide scale. Uh, I've got a, a, a an old friend of mine um, from college that was from um, Belgium, and she said, you know, that's something she loved watching every year. She would stay up till like three o'clock in the morning because that's what time it is there. Oh yeah, uh, and she would just stay up and um, uh, just to watch the Super Bowl, just to watch the commercials and, and what have you. Their commercials there would even be a little bit different, but a lot of the ones would still uh, would transfer over, which I just think is amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm ready for it. Uh, of course, you you warm up with the uh, the Puppy Bowl, uh, which of course comes on on uh, it's either Animal Planet, I think, uh, whatever. You know, you got Team Rough and Team Fluff always, which is the most adorable thing you can do uh, to lead into it. The Puppy Bowl is always exciting. Uh, I mean, I'm I am. We'll do an early bet. I'm betting uh, Team Fluff uh, minus four. I'm all on Team Fluff this year. Yeah, I've never really got into it. Um... I I understand it's I love dogs and I probably should be into it, but like it it's I don't know. Who has time? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, I usually, when I'm cooking all the Super Bowl, uh, you know, all the food and everything that the Mrs. Shibbles and I are making is usually while the puppy bowl is on, you know. But, it, of course, it's just 70 different, you got 70 puppies in this thing, and it's 70 different versions of can I pet that dog? That's pretty much what it is because you want them all. Yeah, 100%, man. And that's, I, man, I, I miss playing Dungeons & Dragons now. Go yep. watch, go listen to uh, uh, Sagas and Shenanigans if you yeah. We're just going to in early this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, meanwhile, uh, one of the other great news that we did have this week, of course it's Super Bowl week, and again, we'll make all our pet bets and picks at the end of the show. But we had some great news midweek here, Trey. You and I are both big fans of the NCAA football game. And oh, man. Sports I almost cried. Made the announcement. I, I thought it was a joke. I thought yeah. I was like, oh, God, LOL. I was like, it's it's not even April. It's, you know, let's calm down. And then I got on Twitter and saw that it was from EA's Twitter page. And I was like, uh, 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 apparently, now from what I've heard, they're not calling it NCAA 21, which I think is kind of upsetting. From what I, my understanding is they are going to call it EA Sports College Football 21. I think that's really weird. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting kind of how they're approaching it. Now, from what I have heard as, as they have gone through this, it's not a guarantee that it's going to be coming out this summer. And again, they have not released one of these games since 2013. It was NCAA 14, um, right. but because they're still working so much stuff out at this point. Um you know, it will at some point, they say that, from what I've heard from some more people who are more in the know than I am, it might not be until 2022 that we maybe get a full game. Which um, I would be fine with, man, but yeah. to be honest with you, with EA Sports, you're all, you're pretty much caught, just copy and paste the code from Madden and add more teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, now, now, I'm not talking, talking any kind of mess. Like, I have any idea how that works. Yeah. But like you're not, you know, you're not, re, you're not gonna to reimagine the wheel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or reinvent the wheel. Like just yeah. put 120 teams, however many D1 teams we have now. Uh, I would say go back to NCAA, I think 06, and let's have some some Division One AA teams on there. Yeah, yeah. The you used to on NCAA 06, you could play with Tennessee Tech. You know, yep. go. That's when I was living in Virginia Beach and playing the Battle of the Bay when you had Norfolk State and Hampton facing each other, which I always liked doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, EA Sports has partnered with uh, with Collegiate Licensing Company uh, to make sure it had the FBS schools, traditions, uniforms, and playbooks, which, I mean, you could just import from the 14 game. Um, but EA Sports is planning to move forward right now uh, without rosters that include the names, images, or likenesses of real college players. Current NCAA rules prohibit athletes from selling all their likenesses and things. However, of course, that could be changed depending on how that stuff moves through Congress because I'm definitely wanting to do that. And I'm just excited because, man, I always remember it was like the All-Star game for baseball was on in July. And then what would happen is Right after the All-Star game was over, I would leave and go to the GameStop uh, nearby and then just wait for the midnight launch of NCAA. I'd usually have the day off from work the next day and just play a whole season the next day. Oh, yeah, man. I never I never got to enjoy a launch as a kid. There wasn't a GameStop in my town. The closest one was, was the next town over. So, oh, as an adult, I will be there at midnight. And I will go to GameStop because they're still going to be open, thank God. Yep. And, man, it's just, it, as I joked when it launched and the idea, this is the next, the only way we can get Tennessee to win a national championship in, in, in the, you know, recent times. So, um, but one of the things we do have to say is a hats off to all the people who kept going out there and just putting in all the new players every year into the NCAA 14 game. You could download all of that. Uh, online all the time. That was just one of the best things I've ever seen a community do because how much they loved playing college football. Because Madden, okay. to me, just wasn't the same. Oh, you can still – I've got friends that, that still play NCAA 14 to this day with updated rosters. Yep. People are updating it to present day. 
I guarantee you, if we don't have one in 21, we'll have the 21 updated rosters. Not only that, they it's almost like how Madden has that week weekly updated roster or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they, they do the same thing on there. It's incredible what people will do even if they're not being paid. I feel like that's such a big discussion right now. They'll be like, well, if there's no incentive to make money, then, then people won't do anything. You're out of your mind. If people will continue to do cool stuff, even if they're not making money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They keep doing it, and it's happy. It's just one of my favorite things we've ever been able to do, which just makes me so happy. And I'm just over the moon that we're going to get a chance to do this. Can't wait. Meanwhile, um, on the bad side of good news here in the bad side of good news, that makes no sense. I, I don't know what happened. I'm just still so excited about NCAA coming out. But uh, the men's basketball team thought we'd turned a corner after they just beat the living tar out of Kansas uh, on Saturday. But then they go and play at Ole Miss. They were up 11 points, but then give up a 19-4 to run in the second half. Have a shot at the end to win it, but can't do it as Tennessee falls to a 500 Ole Miss team, 52-50. to And it's one of those games, again, where you just sit there and just scratch your head. It was one of the worst second halves of Tennessee basketball I have ever seen. It was just disappointing, to say the least. I, man, I will tell my opinion on the game is, is very much this is this is the first Rick Barnes team we've had at Tennessee that is just where so many freshmen are, are seeing the floor. Um, and you have coaches like at Duke and Kentucky and Kansas and, and Georgetown and these huge programs that are used to their their coaches are used to managing one and done style players and getting them more ready or, or what have you or just surrounding them with firepower that, that they you know for the most part don't get in these situations mm-hmm. um, and and this has not been Tennessee's game and, and that's why you don't see many teams just go undefeated anymore yeah the, nobody has those style runs because you're playing with mostly freshmen yeah. Um, and not for nothing, that's a big reason why in women's basketball, like that that UConn stretch that where they went undefeated for so long, is because the girls, for, you know, unless they're just insane, play at least two or three years, so they yep. they have that experience. Yep. Um, that I really think the men's game is lacking. Um, so I mean, it's definitely one of those weird things. That, definitely as Tennessee fans. We're used to having a Grant Williams and an Admiral Schofield and these guys that are seniors that know how to win that type of game. But these yep. other guys are figuring it out on the fly. That's true. And I think one of the issues you run into as well is, and I know you've got Eve Pons and, and, and Volkerson, who are great senior uh, players, but you just don't have a guy like Admiral Schofield or, or Grant Williams or one of those guys who can just in the or Lamonte Turner even one of these guys who can just kind of grab the players because the coaches can only do so much sometimes and just grab them by the shirt and be like, hey, we got to win this game, we got to shake this off and just be that leader. I think that's one of the things that this Tennessee team is lacking. We'll see what happens because guess what? They're playing Kentucky next. They're playing Kentucky on Saturday in Rupp Arena. Now again, Kentucky is five and eleven. Well, it's the worst Kentucky team maybe in the program's history. Yeah, I wouldn't say the worst in the program because some of those teams under Billy Gillespie were not good. Yeah, that's true. And again, again, you have to factor in, again, some of this is still COVID and everything. That's why you still have two undefeated teams in college basketball. You've got Gonzaga and Baylor are both still undefeated at this point. Uh, It'll be real interesting to see if both of them can run the gamut. Gonzaga, of course, because the conference they play in usually is just – it's them and then like maybe one or two teams, like maybe a BYU or like a St. Mary's is pretty good and can beat them. Uh, But then, you know, the the conference just is not the same as what the Big 12 is that Baylor plays. But they've both been looking great. Now, Baylor's had to pause activities for the next couple of games because of COVID. We'll see where that goes. But hopefully – Tennessee can pick themselves up and go because, yeah, it's at Kentucky, even though 5-11, and 11, it's still Kentucky. Then home against Florida on Wednesday, and then at LSU, where Tennessee has struggled for a long time, uh, next Saturday. So they've got a big turnaround these next three games. And 
hopefully they can do it. Hopefully this game was just one more wake-up call for them to get their stuff together. Yeah, definitely a gauntlet coming up, man. That is about – on any normal – even – I mean, it's a super weird year with Kentucky being down or whatever. But any other year ever, you got to go Kentucky, Florida, and then LSU. That is – it's just rough, bro. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, you always talk about uh, – yeah, the Lady Vols uh, did look good in uh, beating Florida over uh, the weekend, which was good. Also getting that win over Ole Miss where they were down while we were recording the podcast last week, but they did get that win. So Tennessee's jumped up to uh, 18th in the new polls, which is great to see. However, their game at Mississippi State, who's ranked 24th, has been postponed due to COVID issues throughout, I believe, the Mississippi State program. So we'll see if that gets rescheduled at some point. Uh, but Tennessee then will play, hopefully the next schedule game is, again, at Kentucky, a very good Kentucky team that they beat in Thompson Bowling Arena back in January. Hopefully they can keep it going and get back. They're projected a four seed in the tournament right now, which is pretty good uh, considering where uh, people thought the program might be uh, the last couple of seasons. Yeah, definitely. I think, again, that the coach they got now is, is very much under the uh... – I think she's got it right of just saying, hey, like, this is where we're supposed to be. Don't be surprised. This is where we plan on staying. Yep. Uh, which that, I think is great. That makes me very happy. So, <laughs> and of course, also the, uh, I forgot to ma- mention too, and this what's what sucks because, again, this is where COVID comes into play because also they had their uh, game on Sunday against Texas A&M postponed. So you had both of those due to, again, COVID-19 issues. And they were both ranked teams, so we were hoping Tennessee could maybe at least win one of those games and keep improving their standing or win both of them. But, again, it, that's why this year is just so weird still as just we, we get the march toward the vaccine and hopefully get it soon so we don't have to worry about this as much anymore. I mean, I, I think we're, we've still got at least a year or more away from having games be really weird as far as, like, oh, this game got postponed due to COVID or, or something similar. Mm-hmm. But, man, there will be a day where we just have we just have a season. Yep. It, and there's this, we just play every game when we're supposed to unless something super weird happens. But now it's, it's so crazy to me that – Man, like think back to years past. If a, imagine a football game being canceled, like what? Like there had to be a hurricane or 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 something worse happened in the country for a football game to get canceled. And at this point, it's common practice. So yeah, uh, I'm very much ready for the days uh, when it's not like this. Yeah, I I think we all are. It's it's yeah, because you look at like things got canceled. Like I remember one of the Vikings games got canceled or at least postponed because the the snow on the old Metrodome collapsed the roof. Like that's what would cancel things, not a, a, a pandemic. Yeah, and that and if that happened, that was like a blessing compared to what we're talking like hurricanes or attacks on our country would yeah. can that would even cancel them everywhere. <laughs> it was just like yeah. yeah well, Tennessee's still going to play, or if not, we're you know we're just going to reschedule this, and we're definitely playing it at the end of the year. Man, there were teams that were just like, nah, this is not worth it for our program yeah. to continue to put our kids at risk. It, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's terrible. Is this? But it's you know, it's not just us. It it was the whole world. Well, was the whole world. Uh, anyway, that's not a political podcast. We'll get on something right. else. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about. Uh, Something else when it comes to that. Um, on another kind of sad note in the world of sports, man, it seems like we lose a legend at least once a week, just the way it, it has been going. But um, college basketball, because last week we talked about uh, Hank Aaron passing away, but uh, in college basketball we lost a great one in John Chaney, who coached uh, Temple University for Ever, He was just such one of those just immeasurable guys uh, coaching there in Philadelphia. He was known, you know, for bringing those practices at 6 a.m. There were 6 a.m. practices just to instill that discipline in these guys. Because when you're coaching in, in inner city Philadelphia where Temple is, man, you've got some guys who maybe have not had the discipline that they've got. And that's been how he is. He was a um, 
amazing, you know, made the Sweet 16, made the NCAA tournament, got so many wins. He's just a guy who stood for character for so much of his life. It was it was amazing, and he's someone who's going to be sorely missed. Yeah, I think you you nailed it with that first sentence, man. He was just the guy. Uh, I definitely definitely a model for um, uh, yeah, just a model for discipline for sure, man. It's yeah, I mean you're and you also nailed it, man. We're losing them every week. It feels what year that twenty sixteen is like where we lost all those celebrities. Twenty twenty one just seems like the the year for for sports legends to you know to play beyond. Yeah, John Cheney was always right in my book because back when John Calipari was coaching at UMass, uh, you know, Cheney was upset about a lot of things in that game, and he came in busting into the press conference with Calipari, and he's like, "I'll kill you! I'll kill you! You can just you can look it up on YouTube. It was it was amazing." But then, just like briefly after that, they buried the hatchet and were friends ever since. It, you know, it's just that's any anybody who wants to kill John Calipari is always good in my book. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, that's me every time we play them. But, you know, that's yeah. So, but, again, a winner in, in so many things and character overall was just a great coach and will be uh, sorely, sorely missed. Wow. Meanwhile, mo- uh, moving in to the world of wrestling. Boy, we have had a lot happen in the world of wrestling. Starting, of course, last Sunday, we had the Royal Rumble. Uh, again, as we've talked many times, one of our all-time favorite events in the world of professional wrestling, uh, the women's match. Uh, I believe I had that. If you review the tape, Bianca Belair, former uh, graduate of Austin East High School here in Knoxville, also a former Lady Ball hurdler, going in at the number three spot in the 30-woman Royal Rumble and winning it, uh, just amazing, eliminating Charlotte Flair and Bailey and uh, Rhea Ripley at the end. Uh, which was just great, and just the pure emotion that she had was after winning it was just amazing. Yep, hell of an athlete, definitely. I, I think she deserves everything she's going to get. Um, not just because she's she's a local man, but she definitely uh, definitely works super hard. And I think that's I don't know, man. Especially in that women's division, I feel like so many people are really relying on their gimmick or, or what have you. Um, but you can just tell Bianca is just a natural born athlete, yeah. which doesn't make a good wrestler all the time, but she's no. definitely worked. Uh, the, the, yeah. The athletic feats that she has is just outstanding. And her, um, her husband, Montez Ford, part of the, uh, you know, a tag team on raw boy, he's athletic as all get up too. I mean, if they have a baby, I was talking to my wife, uh, when we were watching, uh, the thing, if they have a baby, it, that baby's just going to be like a Super Bowl. It's going to be able to bounce everywhere of how amazing that baby would be. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, that's what you kind of dream of as an athlete is I'm an athlete. I have to find another athlete, and then we have to reproduce for the good of the sport. Yes. Uh, which is so idiotic, but they found love in a hopeless place. So I'm, yep. I'm Yeah, the Street Profits, Montez Ford is part of their former uh, tag team champions in the WWE. So um, fun to watch. So oh, yeah. fun. It, it's amazing. Uh, I, I, I do want to get on my soapbox here for one second because, and again, I don't know why I do this to myself, but every once in a while I go and I look at the local news stuff on Facebook and you look at the comments section. It's like bad milk. It's well, like you, <laughs> you, you know what to expect, but you still got to take a whiff uh, yeah. sometimes because they, they ran because she's a local. She's from here in Knoxville. And they said... You know, local woman Bianca Belair, former UT Ball, wins the Women's Royal Rumble. They showed pictures and everything. And then in the comment section, it's just the the usual idiots. You'd think after all these years of me being a wrestling fan, it wouldn't, it doesn't bother me, but it's just one of these eye roll moments where it's like, well, it's fake anyway. And then I just want to grab and be like, yeah, yeah, so is Game of Thrones. So is everything else on television. Like, so is so is the love that you've ever experienced for anything. You know what yeah. I mean? I can't stand people like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, congratulations. You oh, you're big into the bachelor. Congratulations. You just watch people for four months pick a fake husband. Congratulations. And the best part of it is they say things like that like you don't know. Yeah. It's like, ooh, yeah. oh, you got me, man. I'm I'm the idiot here. I'm the one that, you know, I'm just trying to enjoy this product that I have enjoyed my entire life. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for pointing out to me something. Thank you for pointing out that the earth, that the sky is blue. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It, that's the, the frustrating thing to me, but it's okay. I'm still happy. It, it's one of those little things you just brush it off. I just wanted to get on my soapbox for that because people are stupid. So, meanwhile, yeah, you move over to the title matches that they had uh, also at the Royal Rumble. You had Drew McIntyre and Goldberg. Uh, the McIntyre-Goldberg match went about the way it does. It seems like with every Brock Lesnar and or Goldberg match that you have now where you just span the – uh, spam your finishing move until eventually you hit them hard enough and they stay down. Uh, and that's what Drew McIntyre and Goldberg did. Goldberg uh, hit, you know, a bunch of spears and a jackhammer, but it wasn't enough as uh, Drew McIntyre hits his claymore like three times and then ends up pinning Goldberg, which is how it should. Goldberg did not look good in that match. Shibley, when's the last time you watched a match in a main event, I'm talking for a belt, that you were just like, oh my gosh, that was... That was incredible. You know what I mean? I feel like so. six out of 12 main events are just what what we saw. Oh, Goldberg hit him with 17 spears. But, you know, you know they got him with a, a running sidewalk slam. So they're really, they're really, really not getting out of this. I, well, he kicked out again. Yep. Like, it's, it's, it's insulting our intelligence at this point. Yep. Absolutely. It's, it's entire. It's just tiresome and at least the other way that they uh did it in the other title match you had the last man standing match with roman reigns and kevin owens um where roman reigns was able to come out victorious um even though they did have something at the end of that match and again i understand again it's wrestling so i get the gimmicks that they do last man standing match for those of you who don't know is the idea is you're supposed to beat your opponent up so much that they cannot stand at the count of 10 However, what they did was Kevin Owens uh, was able to handcuff Roman Reigns in a position where he could not stand up. But then Roman Reigns knocked the referee out to stop the count. Again, it's wrestling. But it's one of these things where I, I get the idea and the gimmick of it. The problem I have with it is Roman Reigns could obviously make it to his feet he just couldn't because he was handcuffed, which to me is just ridiculous. Where it's just, I'd rather have it just be a beatdown of epic proportions. Right. Let's do it. Like, bro, stop trying to stop making Memphis style spots the entire gimmick of the match. Yeah. Like, that should have been a thing in, in, for a second. That should not be something that we're focusing on. But of course, no, it makes the whole match because yeah. nobody knows how to write anymore. Yeah. It, it's like at least. The last last man standing match I really watched was one from, God, it seems like forever ago. It really wasn't. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano in one of their epic matches where the only reason Ciampa won was because he was able to roll off the stage onto his feet right at the count of 10 before collapsing again, which, again, it worked. That's great. That's great. That sounds so invigorating. Yep. It makes sense. Meanwhile... On the men's side of the Royal Rumble, Edge, the returning superstar, I believe you had this one, Trey, uh, goes from the number one spot and runs the gauntlet and wins the Royal Rumble, which was just amazing to see and a great story. Deserved it. 100% deserves it. I thought he should have won it last year. Um, and what I do like about him going from one to, to winning it all is, man, it's, it's building that lore back up in an appropriate way. Like the same thing that I'm complaining about them doing with Goldberg is because Goldberg's match, it's so unbelievable. Like he just never really wrestles anymore, but he comes in and hits 17 spears on the top guy. That's so dumb. Now, if Goldberg came in at number one in the Royal Rumble, lasted an hour and won the damn thing, put him in the main event. That makes sense to me. Because, he, and then if he hits 17 spears, then, oh, yeah, this guy's a, excuse my French, he's a fucking warrior. Yeah. But, no, let's, I, I don't know, man. What they did with Edge it makes so much sense, and I'm so happy. I love Adam Copeland. Such a good guy. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. But above all that, man, he's really, I don't know, this is the only one of the only things they got right from that weekend. Yeah. And it, it was good. It was, a, it was a good match. Again, sometimes you worry about some of the pacing, especially since the late Pat Patterson doesn't book these anymore. Uh, but 
it was still and it, perfectly enjoyable, which is all I'll take from it, especially in this world of COVID, the way they do it. So, I'll take it. Meanwhile, you move over to AEW, and they had their Beach Bash, which was just another one of their special events that they do. It wasn't a pay-per-view or anything. And the big thing, of course, was the main event. You had a six-man tag match where you had Kenny Omega, the AEW champion, and the Good Brothers, the Impact World Champions, uh, tag team champions, uh, facing Phoenix and Pac uh, and uh, and John Moxley in uh, a six man tag. But then at the end, the biggest thing was John Moxley was left in the ring, and then Kenta shows up, formerly known as Hideo Itami in the WWE. But the big thing about that is he is part of New Japan. Yeah, uh-oh. So, yeah, we're merging. Yeah, big business happening. The Forbidden Door might be opening back up that people kept talking about that was staying shut because uh, you have guys like Chris Jericho and John Moxley who are also wrestling with New Japan, but they don't... The, the, the idea of the cross-promotion hadn't happened. New Japan, for a long time, you know, have been not really the happiest that so many of their Americans had left because you had Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, uh, Cody Rhodes, Adam Hangman Page, all these guys fully left to form AEW. So, I mean, now New Japan has always been able to fill holes very well, especially with uh, American wrestlers that they've gotten. They're homegrown guys, of course. But you kept hoping there's going to be some cross-promotion because if you're looking for a way... To really take on the WWE, you have this entire federation, almost a wrestling alliance, if you will. Yeah, no, 100%. And I, think, I think that's what it takes. Man, you need the Avengers to beat Thanos. You know what I'm saying? You need yep. everybody. Which, again, is where you talked about when Kenny Omega showed up on Impact because Don Callis, his buddy, runs Impact. But now you've got this because Kenta has been the number one contender for Kenny Omega's United States Championship for a long time. Because of COVID, they haven't been able to meet up. But at Wrestle Kingdom, John Moxley from America sent a message to Kenta about that. And then they were face-to-face back in Los Angeles because there's a little Los Angeles branch of the New Japan Dojo that they have. They run shows from there. He showed up. Now Kenta shows up here. It's very exciting to see. I am so excited. And hopefully, because I just can picture so many great New Japan AEW cross-promotional matchups that I'm just salivating to see. Man, could you imagine just, like, imagine all the good, like, new watchers you're going to get into New Japan. Like, it makes so much sense to me for these guys to team up on a WWE because now, like you know, like I'm not super into New Japan. I, it's just, I, it's more the technical side of it, where I like the storytelling side of it better. Um, but you know, I still appreciate New Japan. Arguably, technically, uh, is producing the best wrestling program on earth. Yeah. Um, so to be, but I, but a guy like me who's a wrestling fan knows next to nothing about it. Yeah. But now they, they merge with AEW or not even merge, but start doing some shows with them. I have to go watch New Japan yep. to figure out who the, what's this guy's problem? What's 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 he crying about? Oh, yeah. Uh, so even that guy, like I know who, you know, I know him from the WWE, but like, I don't know his, his whole backstory. And like, yeah, when he shows up on AEW, I'm like, ah, that's a New Japan guy, but I don't know what, why, I don't understand yeah. their beef. Yep. Uh, Kenta, but now, by the way, but does, now I can come back and experience all that. So. Yeah. Kenta, by the way, does a much better go to sleep than CM Punk ever did. And you can find me on Twitter at Michael underscore Shibley about that. Kenta's the one who invented the move, to be perfectly honest. So there you go. Uh, yeah, but I'm excited for it. I mean, that's what got me fully into New Japan. I kept paying attention to it for years, but I never really started buying the subscription to New Japan World until Chris Jericho showed up a few years ago to challenge Kenny Omega, Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. And that's what brought me into the whole thing. And now I can't stop. It's amazing. Well, it's it's your, you know, as much as you, I mean, I'm a, a big wrestling guy, but you're a wrestling nut for sure. And that's, I mean, you as a Wrestle Kingdom's your favorite event of the year over Mania, over Rumble, over, you know, SummerSlam. It's wrestling perfection, as I always say. It's not the most entertaining 
overall. That's Royal Rumble and WrestleMania and some of these other things. But it the, the pure wrestling of, of in professional wrestling aspect of it is Wrestle Kingdom every year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One day we'll sit down and we'll watch a whole one. Oh, yeah. We'll have to get up at 4 in the morning to watch it, but sure. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, you ready to uh, hopefully win the people out there some 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 money here, Trey? Oh, let's lose it all, buddy. Yep. <laughs> so, of course, you've got the MVP odds and all that stuff. We'll talk about that here in a second. But, of course, you have the odds of all the dumb things. Like, so the Super Bowl MVP, it's like, who will the MVP thank first? Um, of course, the, the leading uh, person is uh, the teammates, including the coach and the fans. And then, of course, you've got God. Um, you've got the families, family uh, members, healthcare workers, owners. I mean, again, I'd go with teammates if I'm placing a bet on that one. Yeah, but I think, man, thanking everybody that – all the people that died from COVID. Yeah. Or, like, you know what I mean, something COVID-related there. I think it depends on who wins it. If it's Tom Brady, I think they'll have something already prepared for him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, now, who, who's your pick to win the MVP? Oh man, um, right now I'm just I'm going with Mahomes. That just again it'll 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 come in with my pick at the end of this, but I'm going with Mahomes right now for an MVP. What about you? Uh, I've got one for each team, um, depending on who wins, obviously. Mm-hmm. And both of mine are dark horses. I feel I've got Chris Godwin or good is it Godwin or Goodwin? Just Godwin. Godwin. Uh, I've got Chris Godwin if the Bucks win, and I've got Travis Kelsey being the first tight end to ever win it. Uh, those are good. Yeah, the odds are really good on those. Um, you talk about uh, healthcare workers and everything. Uh, over under number of Super Bowl commercials that reference uh, first responders slash healthcare workers. It's at three. I'm taking the over on that one. Oh, you got to take the over for the whole game. Yeah, Super Bowl. Well, they, yeah. They, yeah, because they're going to have the Super Bowl, like the NFL themselves will have three commercials thanking them. Yep. And then you've got all the other ones that will mention it. Oh, yeah, I, I would take it over at seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Which other dumb ones do we have here? Oh, the, yes, the over-under of Tony Romo saying, let me tell you, Jim, at two, I'm going way over on that. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely way over. One that I've been able to nail so many times is the length of the national anthem, the over-under. Uh, you've yeah. got Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan singing the national anthem. The over-under is two minutes, two, um, 120 and a half seconds. So two minutes and a half second. Over. Yep. Over. Take yep. the Take it. At, I would take it at two minutes and ten seconds. Yep. What are we talking? Take the over. Yep. Eric Nerds is a diva, and there's two of them singing. Yep. One over. Take the over. Uh, what do, What do you think about the odds? Uh, odds that Eric Church wears sunglasses during the national anthem. It's at nine to one. Ooh. When it's in Tampa Bay at six o'clock. Yeah. Ooh. They're saying nine to one that he will wear them? Yes. I, I'll take the money line on him not wearing them because I think there's good money to be made there. That's what I'd be too. All right. So now we go to the halftime show where, of course, the weekend. I'm very excited to see the weekend perform. He, he, I, I like a lot of his stuff. Um, but the first song to perform by the weekend, you've got like Blinding Lights, Heartless, which, of course, are the newer songs that he's done, um, Starboy. That everybody knows, uh, can't feel my face. Uh, pray for me. I'm gonna go with Blinding Lights at four to one. I think again, that's been his biggest, re- most recent hit. I think that's the one he's gonna open the show with. Uh, I think he's gonna open the show with uh, "Can't Feel My Face," or he may do something he did way back in the day with Drake. I can't remember the name of one of those songs. Yeah. But one of those guys from like, you know, I'm talking like 2014-ish when he was breaking on. Yep. Uh, but if not that, then I think Can't Feel My Face is that's a great opener. Yeah, it is. And that one's at 9-1, to one, so I would take the money on that one too. Uh, and then, of course, you've got uh, the odds to perform with The weekend. Is Drake going to make a cameo appearance or Maluma? 
Ariana Grande, The Future, or Lana Del Rey are the ones that they give you? Uh, I think if, if it's anybody from that list, I would say Lana Del Rey. Yeah. Just because, man, The Weeknd has got – he's getting a little weird recently. So I don't think – I think a lot of people are going to kind of stay away from the – you know what I mean? Because you yeah. just – he's just been weird lately, and I wouldn't want to be associated with it. Yeah. Uh, I just, but I just, Lana Del Rey is weird every day of the year. No offense. But oh, she's no great. Wonderful yeah. art. She's out there. Uh, yeah, no, I think um, Lana Del Rey's the the money there. Yep, I, I I agree. I personally just don't think anybody's going to show up and perform with him that we know. I could be wrong, but that's where I'm going with. So. Oh yeah, if that's an option, I'm taking that option. But if I had to pick somebody out of that list, you want to know, right? But yeah, nobody just because of COVID. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the l- less people. Uh, the better. We've talked about this before. They say there's only going to be like 25,000 fans in the, but again, it's in Florida. I still think there's going to be 50,000 people in that stadium. What's the over, do they have an over under on fans? They don't. I think because of COVID stuff, I don't think they're putting that out there. Uh, If the over under is set at 25,000, I would, I would take the over at 35,000. Yeah. I, I, oh, I agree with that. Absolutely. It'd be like that George, some of those Georgia games from earlier in the season. Uh, bro, they're going to, if they'll show like the suites and stuff, they're going to be packed with people. Yep. Because everybody's going to want a suite and they're going to put 25 people in each suite and it's going to be a super spreader event and the world's going to end. I get it. But, you know, definitely over what they're saying that it's going to be. Yep. All right. Well, the final pick and the most important pick Super Bowl 55. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kansas City Chiefs, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. It's for all the marbles in another crazy year. Does Tom Brady even cement his legacy even more than it's already cement? There's already enough cement in his legacy at this point. Or does Patrick Mahomes move into even greater territory in winning a second Super Bowl, which is just the way to get to that even more upper echelon than he's already at. So you've got that. The Chiefs, of course, the defending champions, again, have not gone back-to-back since the Patriots in 38 and 39. The line is Kansas City, minus three. The over-under is 56. I'm going to go with, I think this is going to be an all-time classic. I think this is going to be an amazing Super Bowl. I've got Mahomes getting it. I'm going to go with Kansas City 31, Tampa Bay 28 in an all-timer. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be definitely the best Super Bowl we've seen in a long time. Um, and I'm doing this just – I'm going to pick this game like I pick every Tennessee game we pick selfishly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think there's – Peyton Manning still has an argument of being the greatest quarterback of all time. It's real spare. I get it. it. But there is a group of the world that kind of still says it. But if he wins a seventh Super Bowl and another Super Bowl MVP, with he, you know, he's one of the only other players, one of the only other quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl with two teams. I think the other, the only other. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's the GOAT. He's the great. He, not only is he the GOAT, he, you know, he would be. Just, just, I mean, it's not even close. Like, I, you know, people, he's definitely riding off into the sunset now of being the go. If he loses this game, I, I do think this is the last Super Bowl Brady's going to get to. Um, and but that's my opinion. I don't think Brady thinks that. No, he uh, definitely doesn't. Yeah. So I don't, you know, if Brady was playing this Super Bowl like it was the last Super Bowl he'd ever play, I would pick him. But since he's not going to play that way. I've got Mahomes. Take the over. I would take the over at 60 points. I've got the Chiefs winning 37 to 30. I like it. I like that one. Again, it could come back and bite us in the ass as we as it apparently just don't bet against Tom Brady. You know, uh, we, we paid for that against the, with the Packers and but we'll see. We're both riding the Chiefs. I still just my gut tells me god they've just been good this year. They've been really good. Yeah, Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill on those games, and Sammy Watkins being back. 
Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's yep. the the. I do think the receiving core for the Bucks is better, but man, twenty twenty one Mahomes is better than twenty twenty one Brady. Yep. Well, I like it. Trey, where can everybody find you uh, for more of the yucks and everything else going on in the world? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Trey Pack, T R E P A C K. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Trey Pack One. Uh, if you want to see where I'm doing these jokes, you can find me on Facebook, just Trey Pack. Uh, I've actually, you can see me on stage. This is the first time I've got to plug a show all year uh, at Barrel House on February 12th. Uh, it's this the quote unquote stupid comedy variety show. So whatever that means, what it does mean is that I'm going to be on stage for a little while uh, begging for your attention and laughter. So come see that. I like it. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley, uh, where, of course, you can find all my wonderful ramblings and everything else we've got going on, including, you know, everything not related to sports. And, of course, if you just want the sports, you can always check out, of course, the Man in the Arena Facebook and Instagram pages where we post links to the show. Wherever uh, you get your fine podcasts, as always, please give us some five-star reviews. If you are looking for a good, safe place to watch the Super Bowl for a Super Bowl watch party. I was asked by my uh, people at my work uh, to plug this, so I will. Um, over at Maple Hall, if you live in Knoxville, it's a great place up in our upstairs Maple Room. There are going to be socially distanced areas. You can sit up there on our big uh, projection TV that we've got up there. Uh, you can check it out. It's free. You can check out the uh, – I posted a link to it in the uh, Man in the Arena Facebook page. But it's a Super Bowl watch party. I go up there. You do have to reserve your tickets. You can obviously uh, call Maple Hall, or you can also go to Eventbrite and look it up. They've got a uh, Facebook event page where you can check all that stuff out. So, and I will say this, guy, listeners, man. Like, yeah, I know it may sound weird for somebody to play. Hey, let's go. Oh, go watch this game in public. If anybody can do it right and safe and. and you know, wonderful. It's going to be Maple Hall, man. I've never had nothing but an excellent experience there. So I, that's, I'm going to watch it with my folks and sweat out my bets. But if I wasn't being there, I would be at Maple Hall. That's exactly where I would go. Uh, yeah, but I will be with Mr. Shibbles. We will just be kicking back and watching it. Well, Dre, we've come to it. Uh, you ready to hopefully next week we'll talk about every crazy thing that happened in that Super Bowl and break it all down? Let's do it, buddy. All right. Well, until then, everybody, we love you. Too sweet. See you next time. Bye.